92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interview. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interview. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly As soon as it drops We're on a rampage Bubbles popping up Before you know where There's rubble and dust Cause we'll be pushing it up Somebody say You It is uh, Giving Day, Church Health Giving Day. We've talked about it for a long time now. And uh, over at Church Health, which is one of the true miracle uh, miracles in Memphis, uh, they uh, they have a match. So if you give a buck or five bucks or ten bucks, it'll turn into two bucks or twenty bucks or ten bucks or twenty bucks. If you give a thousand dollars, it'll turn into two thousand uh, dollars. Church Health uh, is a Memphis miracle, and Scott Morris is going to join us. He, of course, is the founder of Church Health. He's going to join us at 9.30. We'll talk about, honestly, in addition to sort of just what they do, which I find fascinating, a little bit about the state health care and uh, some other matters, and so uh, both in Memphis and beyond. So we'll talk to Scott uh, Morris at 9.30. Uh, do not miss that. Drew Hill continues to do heroic work um, as Chris Harrington. Or as I like to call him, Chris Who. Right? I mean, don't you think, no Jeffrey, at this point? Chris Who. Uh, Drew Hill. And as if it was an assignment, Jeffrey, yesterday we were talking about the, the, the piece that Chris Who wrote about finding food on Germantown Parkway. Not hard to do, by the way, if you'd want to drive through a place and get a burger. Um, but... Uh, Chris wrote about 15 places on Germantown Parkway where where you can get other sorts of food. And so you and I were talking about this, and I said, where would you go to on Germantown Parkway to get food? And you said... Steak Escape Wolf Chase Galleria, the correct exactly. answer. And it appears, it appears that Drew Hill yesterday took himself to Steak Escape at Wolf Chase Galleria. It, it, the truth of the matter is, I now want to go there. I think he might have gone to the Kyrville location. Oh, there's... Oh, there's multiple steak mm-hmm. escapes. Yes. Well, there's not as many as they used to be. Oh, that's sad. It used to be a staple of the mall food court. Now you've was got Was there one work. at Oak Court? Uh, there was once upon a time, yes. There was one at Oak Court. Correct. It's where the, it's like on that right. I, I used, there used to be a time when I would go to Oak Court. Well, I had little kids. And so you go to Oak Court and you go look at the ball with the, with the sure, fountain. Of course. Right. And you have your little kids, they, they sit there and they, and then you go have lunch, correct? And you, and you literally you would go to Oak Hall, uh, Oak Court Mall. You go to Oak Hall, Hall for beautiful clothing, correct? You go to Oak Court Mall for lunch, indeed. And uh, they had the Manchu Wok or something, one of those China Bistro or whatever it was called. What do you think? China Master, China Malibu Master. Wings. They had a Chick Fil A there. Still for do. A while. Uh, they don't. No, have, no, 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 that one's gone. Yeah, they have a Chick Fil A there. It's uh, now a soul food place. And uh, anyway, yeah. Used to go to mall for food. You still go to the mall for food. You go to Wolf Chase for steak. I still go to O'Court so for we, lunch. We, what's there now that you get? Uh, Malibu Wings or China Master. Malibu Wings mm-hmm. or China Master. Anyway, Drew was on assignment yesterday. We'll get the report from Drew and talk to him about other matters. And then, fish on Friday on Tuesday. Here is how dedicated Charles is. This is kind of a, a, a bizarre phenomenon is that we have him on the radio in Memphis every week talking about whatever. Um, he did go see Barbie, so we'll ask him about all of that. But then yesterday, you know how 
Germantown had a press conference about the water problem. I'm aware. Well, Charles, among the three New York Times bestsellers that he's written, one is called The Big Thirst, and it's about water. Like, Charles has written extensively about water. He the does definitive New York Times bestselling book, book on, about water. Yes, of course. And so he listened to the Germantown. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. But he listened to the press conference uh, in Germantown about water. And I'll just say this. Spoiler alert. Not impressed. Not impressed. So we'll talk to him about all of that and more. Last week, of course, he brought us up to up to Dan and his experience eating gummies, mm-hmm. eating edibles. Uh, but that's the lineup. Scott Morris and then Drew Hill and then Fish on Friday on Tuesday. There's all kinds of news to get to, including the fact that your beloved New York Giants. How did you become a Giants fan again? Uh, originally, I liked the colors. And then I didn't really solid reason there. And then my favorite player growing up was Eli. And then once like it was like, I remember even rooting for them uh, in the Ravens Super Bowl and they got absolutely demolished and I didn't really have an NFL team. And so I just decided when Eli went there, like that's my team in the, if you grew up in a town without a, without a team in in, in that, in that, in the, you know, without a, if you grew up in a a non NFL town, and you're an NFL free agent. Correct. At the age of six. Yeah. I do think. Colors is a big, big way like to Like for me, I grew up in a town that had a team, and mm-hmm. I was a Raiders fan for a while, yeah. just a little bit. Their jerseys are awesome. Jim Otto and the Pirate logo. Yeah. You know, Amazing. like it was no, just. It's, it's iconic. I, I, grew out, I grew out of that. Ben, my eldest, was a Steelers fan yep. for a while. Another iconic jersey. He grew jerseys. out of that. I do think you can grow out of the. The team that you're in love with when you're six, you can grow out of that. Like, yeah, I think that's fair. Dolphins. The, the team that you're in love with when you're 12, you it's, never grow out of that. It's there forever. It's there forever. Those, that's a difference. Those are, that's Unless the difference. Unless you cover Hugh Freeze. Anyway, your beloved, uh, your beloved uh, New York Giants have signed Saquon Barkley. That seems to be the news across the country that people are talking about in particular. Um, seems to me good for the Giants. Hard to see how it's particularly good for Saquon Barkley. I guess you could make the argument he gets a signing bonus. Well, the, and he's perhaps getting an extra nine hundred grand. Yeah, so he'd been franchised, and and when you're franchised, like people like I think the idea was you're stuck. You either sit out or you play. That's what I, those are the two choices. Those were seemed to be the two choices. It seemed like you can't do a long term deal, but it turns out you can do this one year deal. For yes, he can get nine hundred. You can get more money on a one year, but you can't. Yeah. Here's the problem: he can now get nine hundred thousand dollars extra that he would not have gotten, nearly a million dollars extra that he would have not. And that's good. I could use an extra million dollars, so that's good. But the problem is, from Saquon's perspective, is next year he can be franchised again. Correct. He didn't even get the clause that said no franchise tag. If he had played under the tag, right? Correct. There's a limit. And uh, and so he can he's going to be in the same damn situation next year, and I am although I am absolutely intellectually on the side of the Giants not paying running backs, I do have sympathy is a strong word, but I do understand the frustration of running backs and why Saquon and so now he's going to be in the exact same situation next year. You should be thrilled though, and I do think oh hundred percent. We we called this yesterday when I mean last week. When we were talking about Saquon, what he had said, well, my options, one of my options is to sit out. It was very clear listening to that podcast, he is not wired to sit out. Like, that's just not what he was going to do. And so given that that is not what he was going to do, he decided, hey, why not get an extra million dollars that could come in handy at some point? And because I'm going to show up anyway, basically, yeah. right? And he's basically, he gets to claim now that he's going to be like the third highest paid running back. So, uh, so that's the uh, that seems to be the national news of moment. But there there is some local news, uh, and it was all of this stems from a terrific story in the Daily Memphian by Sam Hardiman, who we are lucky enough to have on every Wednesday on this show. And so we'll talk to Sam tomorrow 
about this story. Um, Sam's terrific reporter. And uh, when, when you talk about why local news matters, uh, and this was true when he was at the CA, and it's true now, um, it's because of people like Sam who are just invested in knowing what in the hell is happening and letting you know what the hell is happening on in your city or your state when it comes to, you know, the, the stuff that actually matters, politics, money spending, who's like, it, it, this stuff matters. And he digs it up. And, and so that's where this began. I wrote a column about it, but let's be honest. I was piggybacking here on Sam's work, which is terrific. Um, well, and it's a topic you've written about for years. No, I've years. written about the yeah. topic for years, yes. I do have some insight on yes. the topic, um, and it's a topic I've written about for years. Sam and I used to sort of compete on this topic back when he was at the other place. Um, but you'll recall that in April, there was great rejoicing in this city because Memphis got the money it needed, right? Uh, the big ask, Mayor Jim Strickland uh, had uh, gone to the state and asked for money to, uh, to, to, to redo stadiums across Memphis. And sure enough, there was great rejoicing because in April, what they asked for, they got. Yep. $350 million, just here you go. The big ask became the big answer. And then in addition to that, in addition to that, uh, they got other funding mechanisms, including a sales tax rebate on money spent at FedEx Forum uh, and including uh, a rental tax fees, essentially, um, which could spin off and will spin off more money heading into the future. And so uh, it, it was never exactly, and indeed you can read Sam's story now, and it won't, there's not an exact number here, partly because some of these, these numbers are fluid. A sales tax rebate and money spent at FedEx Forum depends, guess what, Jeffrey? On money spent at FedEx Forum? On how much money is going to be spent Nailed at it. FedEx Forum. Exactly. So there's no, there's, we don't. Listen, after a loss in trivia last exactly. week, I'm You'll gun take shy. what you can get. Exactly. So it's, it's unclear how much money there is. I've seen people throw around $680 million, but then there are other people who say this is closer to $600 million. Right. It's unclear how much money there ultimately is. Like, can you take out a loan against that? I don't certainly, know. You can certainly, you can certainly uh, have bonds based on the income stream, that you, and indeed you would, that is represented by the sales tax rebate. Um, there's, there's a sales tax rebate from sales on NBA merchandise and Grizzly sales, and there's a sales tax rebate from Memphis Tiger games, concerts, et cetera, and then there's the car rental fee, okay? But all of this is just sort of um, uh, its projections. According to Sam, and you should read his story of the Daily Memphian, the sales tax rebate could spin off uh, $140 million bucks off of the, the NBA stuff, Fifty-two million bucks off of the Memphis Tigers stuff, and the car rental fee about three point four million dollars a year for twenty-eight years, so ninety-two million dollars. Okay, so it's there are these other sources of funding. Anyway, so there was great rejoicing, and what you heard from some folks, including the mayor, indeed they had to go back and make sure the legislation allowed them to not just spend money on. Autos, uh, on, on FedEx Forum, not just spend money on uh, the Liberty Bowl, but also to build a soccer stadium. Because cranes out, baby. Because it, it didn't really originally include authorization to spend money on, on, on other things. And, and so they had to go back and because some folks are really invested in this idea of a soccer stadium. Plus, of course, then there's the needed improvements to AutoZone Park. So that happened. And then, as people said, all there's left to do is to divvy up the money. That's all that remained. Seems like a pretty big detail, but continue. And then time passed, and time passed, and time passed, and as you correctly identified, turns out it's harder than you think to divvy up the money. Indeed, and this is the good news here, 
it was always going to be hard to divvy up money. Divvying up money is hard, Jeffrey. Yes. I don't know if you've ever seen in a family someone dies, there's kids involved. Do you think it's always true that divvying up the money is goes easily and smoothly and creates no hard feelings or resentments? Or is that how it works when what's when the pe- other option? <laughs> right. It, I think I think it's fair to say it can go smoothly. It, it in a perfect in, world. In your family, it, it looked like it went, it went smoothly. Even and even then, there's some little bum. A little. What, what about this? this? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Divvying up money is hard. There is a pot of money, and it needs to be divvied up. And every dollar that goes to one place won't go to another place. And that other place is thinking, how come they got this dollar and I didn't get this dollar? And by the way, this is a very different circumstance than the Titans found themselves in. Sure. So the state gave money to the Titans, and here's how it worked. Here, Titans. Yes. Whereas the state, and again, this is not this, this is not to fault anybody here. It's just it's it's a it's a different dynamic. The state gave the money to Memphis. And basically put everyone in a big one big arm wrestling contra, co- contest that nobody asked for. Like no one want no one. This is uncomfortable for everybody. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, the state doesn't want to sit there and get involved in the arm wrestling right. either. Uh, yeah, so it is uncomfortable for everybody. It's uncomfortable for the Grizzlies because they they're the big bad Grizzlies, right? And they have the most leverage. We'll get into this in a minute. They have the most leverage, and Let's say it's $640 million in the end. And if they want $500 million of it, if that's what they think they really need to be successful and flourish in the next 25 years, well, that doesn't leave a lot for anybody else. And so you're put in the position of being the big-ass, bad, greedy Memphis Grizzlies with a billionaire, not billionaire, with one of the, the third richest owner in the league. Not a, like, you do have the advantage that you have all the leverage and you're the Grizzlies, but they didn't want to be pitted, feel like they're taking money out of the mouths of the University of Memphis and uh, and and the soccer stadium and AutoZone Park. Then you go to Memphis. Memphis is totally, they're in an awkward position because they're totally like just hoping there's 150 to $250 million for them to do their project, right? Yep. And by the way, their project can't be funded, as Sam pointed out in his story, can't be funded by these streams that are coming out of the arena. Right. Their project has to be funded either, either with cash either, or either donations. Either by the three fifty million yeah. or by donations or if the city can find some other stream. But they, they, they it can't be funded with the tax rebate money coming out right. of FedEx Forum. That's not structured that way. Right? So if they really wanted – if they really think they need 150 to 200 million bucks – well, basically, they're in a position that of the $350 million of cash that was actually allocated, like here, here's the cash, they want most of it. They want $200 million of it. And so they're like, how much is this we're going to get? And here's the other thing. If they only get $120 million, so far at least. It is funny they were saying only $120 They have shown very little capacity to raise money. Yes. Are you confident if they got $100 million, that they could raise $50 million on their own to finish this project? It would be the single biggest undertaking in fundraising in school history. And it's also a little awkward because it's for a civic project. Sure. It's a lot easier to sit there and say, okay, I'll give uh, to the Lori Walton because it's on campus. Well, it's- it, I'm, I, I, at one point I talked to the president, and he said, uh, Bill Hargrave, and he said, well, it's a— Municipal building. We, we raise money for our buildings. That's not our building. We don't. Yeah. Yeah, we might do something, you know, at the margins of the suite level or whatever else for our people or whatever. But, like, so, and then you've got, and then you've it's got. It's also just harder to get people to give money to, like, for instance, if you're a diehard Tiger supporter, it's a lot harder to give money for something that's just going to go to the Civic Stadium right. rather than a project on campus. And then you've got the University of Mount. I mean, then you've got uh, Craig Unger over there with the Redbirds, who, and uh, I, I give them, you know, full marks for bringing another team to town, 901 FC, and, and wanting to do something ambitious with that and having a soccer stadium and, uh, and continuing to, to work on the Redbirds. And, and I don't think anyone would doubt if you walk into AutoZone Park, 
they've already made some improvements. They fixed the scoreboard that they actually need money. And that is at Third and Union, by the way. It is a iconic signature building in our city, and we can't exactly have that turning into rubble, right? I mean, I would argue, and they and that yet they they know they're last in the food chain here. Yeah, and I mean, I would even argue to your point, like if if AutoZone Park wouldn't have been successful, I don't know if FedEx Form ever happens. Right. So it, it's this isn't a perfect situation for anybody, and I think that's important to recognize. Um, and so it's not alarming this story from Sam that I've also weighed in on. But the fact that three months later, they haven't been able to figure this out is at the very least what I would say and what I said in the column was that it is worrisome. Uh, The mayor did uh, release a statement. Discussions are ongoing and we are continuing work through exact timelines with all parties. So that's the statement. Uh, What we know because of Sam's good work is that the mayor went to Indianapolis. Uh, he went to Indianapolis in June to look at Gainbridge Fieldhouse, which used to be called Conseco Fieldhouse, I think, right? Isn't that what it was? Conseco Fieldhouse, which is the Pacers arena, which is the arena on, about on which FedEx Forum was originally modeled, essentially. The, the, the seating. The bowl, yeah, the bowl, which, as you pointed out, and when you went to go visit it, it's like, no, no, when we said this, this place is great, we, we weren't talking about this, right. the arena part. So anyway, so, uh, and there, in 2019, they redid their stadium. Again, basically very similar to the stadium in Memphis. And that cost uh, $360 million in renovations. $117 million in separate public funding for technology over the next 10 years, and another $25 million in public infrastructure improvements. It's, it's interesting. You can, like there are stories out there that, that talks about 800, that this cost this, that Indianapolis $800 million in public funding. But I like Sam's math, and the way he described it is cost taxpayers at least $412 million plus $65 million in private capital that was contributed by the Pacers ownership group, okay? So $412 million in public funds in 2019, pre-pandemic, right? I hate to say this, $412 million in public funds pre-pandemic translates to... At least five hundred. At least $500 million in public funds. I mean, there's there's the question of will will construction costs eventually stabilize because during the pandemic with supply chain everything costs went through the roof. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's funny. safe to say it's Sam going- actually ran it through the Bureau of Labor Statistics inflation calculator, and of course that's not specific to stadiums or Correct. localities or, or whatever costs, else yeah. or building costs. But there, uh, even that says 412 million is 490 million. Okay, so let's just say. The Grizzlies looking at Indianapolis say, "Okay, it was five hundred million. It, it, it was it was four hundred twelve million in Indianapolis. That's four hundred ninety million today. Just give us five hundred million, and we'll call it even." Okay. Well, if that's true, what does that leave for the Liberty Bowl? It leaves one hundred twenty million for the Liberty Bowl, and they need a hundred and, and much less. A $52 million soccer stadium or $20 million in improvements? It's a real problem, and it's why we haven't heard anything from anybody about this. And by the way, that's to everybody's credit. Like, people are playing nice. I think I think it's fair to imagine that there might be some negotiations can get frustrating behind the scenes. I think it's fair to imagine there might be some frustrations behind the scenes. And indeed, you heard things burbling along. You hear from the, from the city that the Grizzlies didn't give a number for forever, right? That's what one of the things you just, wait, we need a number. We need your number. We need your number. We need your number. You hear from the, like, and, and I'm sure there are frustrations on both parties, on both sides. Um, but the real frustrations stem from the fact 
as Sam put it, there may not be enough money for the first two projects, much less the soccer stadium and AutoZone Park. What do you make of this? I mean, I don't want to say told you so, but I feel like I've been here for a pretty long time. And and now it's coming to pass. Correct. Like, I think... Obviously, like I'm a stadium nerd, and like I've explained to you, like how I love, like I'm just aware of this world. And every time they kept throwing the numbers out, I'm like, that's not enough to do what they're saying. And it wasn't to be a Debbie Downer. It's just the I knew that this point was eventually coming to pass, and I think here we are. And well, so, the and real- here, here's the problem: you can say, and I am deeply sympathetic to this argument. In theory. You could say Robert Parra is, uh, according to Forbes, uh, the 11th richest owner in sports, the third richest owner in the NBA. He's got more than $15 billion, according to Forbes. But whatever, you can find different numbers uh, that are ascribed to Robert Parra. He could easily just write this check into the whole thing, much less uh, make up the $100 million that may be missing or something, right? Um, now, mind you, Robert Parra isn't the only owner. There's an ownership group, and if Robert Parra contributed, presumably all the other owners would be contributing too. Um, but so you can easily say, why don't you guys just make up the difference, man? Like, make this happen. You pay half, uh, and whatever else. And I would love it if they would want to do that, or if they would agree to do that. Indeed, I can make an argument that in a city that is as poor as Memphis and everything else, that's a, a decent thing to do, right? When you're as rich as Robert Parra is, it's the decent thing to do. But it's also true. This is just true. Two things are true. One, if he yanked the, the team out of here and put it in Seattle, it would be worth double what it is. So you can make an argument that every year he keeps the, 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 the team in Memphis, he's contributing millions and millions of dollars. Like, he is taking a property that would be worth dramatically more somewhere else, Las Vegas, Seattle, hell, down the road in Nashville. And he is taking less money to keep it here. And that is a way he's, beyond that, we're also looking at a world very soon where they're going to be taxpayers, right? We, we don't just want this team to scrape along. We want it to flourish. We want it to kick ass, right? 100%. And... Honestly, if you're a Grizzlies fan, you probably want him spending a lot of that extra money he's got on keeping players and techs, whatever, winning championships. I mean, I understand this is a little hypothetical, but also, if he's kicking in a lot of money into the renovation, that lease, you lose lease leverage. So, so like, I, I, I understand that, it, like, we all want, Owners to pay for stadiums. It's a private entity. Pay for your damn stadium. That's not how it works. And the other problem is, is there's only one team here that can leave. And they've never said they're going to leave. They've never threatened to leave. Indeed, two years ago when they had their early termination clause controversy, and they could have easily, Robert Perry could have easily said, hey, early termination clause, I'm out of here. Yeah, one of the Quietly easy. Quietly negotiated, easy. Quietly renegotiated and said, yeah, no, well, we want to stay here. So they've never threatened it, said anything about it. But the reality is the University of Memphis ain't leaving. <laughs> this team could leave. Yes. And if you're dealing with the crime that we're dealing with, the water issues that we're dealing with, the, the maniacs on 240 we're dealing with, how would it feel if the Grizzlies packed up and left? And, again, I'm saying that. No, they've never said that. They've never whispered that. I have – but, but it is in the realm of possibility. When you start effing around with a lease, look at, like, if you hold their feet to the fire, it's just the reality here. I'm just talking about, like, look at look at Oakland. Yes. And so there's the leverage is all on the part of, like, they've got all the leverage. It's just true. And I don't, like, I, here's what I really, I guess I, I, I think it's, great that Jim Strickland wants to take care of everybody, right? And he is a graduate of the University of Memphis. And, and, and the University of Memphis, by the way, 
someone asked me yesterday when I was reporting this, hey, if Memphis builds, if we, if they do this to the Liberty Bowl, is it a guarantee they're going to get into the Big 12? No. And if that were so, by the way, if it were like when you built FedEx Forum, you were getting in, you were getting the Grizzlies. It was do this, this happens. Yes. If it was do this to, to the Liberty Bowl and you get into the Big 12, I do think there would, this would be a slightly diff- different dynamic. There'd be even more urgency to it. It would be a slam dunk, right? You'd make it. You're doing it on a hope. Correct. It is important. And I, and I also think this. It would be important for the city writ large, not just the athletic programs at the University of Memphis, if Memphis could get into the Big 12. And without this, they cannot. Do we agree on that? Without a significant improvement to the stadium, they got no hope. Yeah, that's probably fair. I don't, it's unclear to me even with that. I get yes. that, but without it, no hope, right? Yeah, that seems that so, seems likely. So it matters. Again, I'm not being alarmist. I don't want to be alarmist here, and I'm and Sam certainly doesn't want to be an alarmist here. Uh, but is it troublesome that they haven't been able to figure this out? Yes, it is troublesome that they haven't been able to figure this out. It's also totally understandable why they haven't been able to figure it out for the reason we discussed. Dividing up money is hard. And there may not be enough money. It's particularly hard. Dividing up money is particularly hard when there's not enough money. Correct. All right. Speaking of uh, dividing up money, we would like to divide you to divide up some of your money and give to Church Health. Scott Morris is going to join us here momentarily uh, on the other side to talk about Church Health. It's Giving Day at Church Health. Before that, I will remind you, uh, once you give to Church Health, tomorrow is Why Now Wednesday at Bounty on broad, and so uh, you should take yourself over and get yourself a bottle of wine for half price, a glass of wine for half price. The uh, among the best oysters I've ever put in my mouth, uh, fried oysters there, and have yourself a time of it. And think about these big issues uh, of the world. It's a beautiful place, delicious food, one of my absolute favorites. It is Bounty on Broad. 410-8131, Broad Avenue. Scott Morris coming up next, then Drew Hill, then Fish on Friday on Tuesday. It is the Jeff Gawkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for the 2023 Memphis Church Health Giving Day with 92.9 FM ESPN. Go to churchhealth.org or the link through our site, 92.9ESPN.com, all day today. Support local Memphians just like you who work so hard to make things happen in Memphis. Those that have jobs but can't get basic health care, that's churchhealth.org or the link through 92.9ESPN.com. Church Health's Giving Day 2023 with 92.9 FM ESPN. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. DQ presents Picture This. Picture your favorite blizzard treat, but this one is being held by someone very special. RE, our Children's Miracle Network Hospital's champion. Hi! Miracle Treat Day is Thursday, July 27th. One dollar or more of each blizzard treat sold at participating locations benefits your local children's hospital and kids like Ari. So treat yourself in the most meaningful way. Support kids like me on Miracle Treat Day, Thursday, July 27th. DQ. Happy tastes good. Every business seeks an advantage, whether it's having the best location, hiring top talent, or spotting trends before they happen. 
And now, the United States Postal Service can give your business a new advantage. Introducing USPS Ground Advantage. Reliable and affordable two- to five-day package shipping. It's the advantage you need at the price you want. Get the Ground Advantage at USPS.com advantage. The United States Postal Service. Delivering for America. The FedEx St. Jude Championship returns to TPC Southwind, August 9th through the 13th. Don't miss your chance to witness the top 70 players from the PGA Tour season battle it out in the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Only 50 players will make it through Memphis. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Daily grounds and upgraded ticket options are on sale now at FedExChampionship.com. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Memphis store. It's back to school, and on-the-go kids need shoes for energy and endurance. New Balance shoes are designed for younger feet with cool colors and technology, just like mom and dad's shoes. Stop by this weekend, Friday through Sunday, and take advantage of tax-free weekend. New Balance Memphis is located on Germantown Parkway behind the Outback Steakhouse. New Balance Memphis, your feet will thank you. Hi, this is Lauren Choate with Choate's Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Are clogged drains causing chaos in your home? Don't worry, Choate's is here to make it drain. For 65 years, Choate's has been the trusted name in plumbing. We've been making it drain and keeping homes happy. And now, for a limited time, Choate's is offering a special deal just for you. Get $65 off our drain clearing special with proper access. That's right. Say goodbye to clogged drains and hello to smooth, worry-free plumbing. Our skilled technicians will arrive promptly and get your drain flowing freely again. Choate's Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, your trusted choice for 65 years. Take advantage of our $65 off drain clearing special today. Call 347-8086 or visit us at ChoatesHVAC.com. And remember, Choate's, let our family serve your family. Are you looking for homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, business insurance? If so, this is Gary Parrish reminding you to get in touch with Elizabeth Rook Insurance. That's Elizabeth Rook Insurance, a second-generation local agency that's been owned and operated since 1981. It is the home of the Erie Rate Lock. What's the Erie Rate Lock? It's a way to lock in your auto rates indefinitely. So please get in touch with Elizabeth Rook Insurance, 867-SAVE, 867-7283 on the web, rookinsurance.com. Fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you the freshest seasonal picks. So no matter how you shop, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh. Or you get a 100% refund, guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Join our summer freshtable and save big. St. Louis-style ribs or boneless pork half loin are only $1.79 a pound with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We asked Rodney and Karen if they'd been to the old Southland Casino. It's been about four years ago since we we went. Then we asked them to give the all-new Southland Casino Hotel a shot. Oh, we're going to have so much fun in here. (laughs) And what do they think of Southland now? Loved it. I love the facility, the bright colors, the clean rooms. We've already invited people to come back. The all-new Southland Casino Hotel. Experience it for yourself. Must be 21 plus. Play responsibly. For help quitting, call 800-522-4700. When people have a craving to explore new and traditional Asian cuisines, they head to P.F. Chang's, where scratch-made dishes come from the 2,000-year-old tradition of wok cooking. P.F. Chang's wanted to explore new possibilities for their website. They turned to AmericanEagle.com. AmericanEagle.com re-architected P.F. Chang's website, integrating multiple third-party systems to create a unified digital experience. The results? Improved page speed and performance, personalized content based on users' location, intuitive online ordering, an increase in organic search visibility, and a 40% increase in new users. For scratch-made Asian cuisine, visit your local P.F. Chang's or go to pfchangs.com for website design, development, digital marketing, and hosting that produce efficiency, revenue, and results. Visit AmericanEagle.com. P.F. Chang's and AmericanEagle.com. Another example of the best businesses in the world turning to the best in the business for websites go to americaneagle.com or call 877 webnow1 that's 877 webnow1 
The second half of the baseball season is here, and each game means a little, a little bit, bit more. We're talking pennant races and wild card chases, with each pitch bringing us closer to the playoffs. The free Odyssey app lets you listen to live play-by-play of your local team. So no matter what you're up to, you'll never have to miss another game. Download the free Odyssey app today and keep baseball close by all summer long. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. All right, back on the Jeff Calkins Show, joined now by Scott Morris of Church Health and also... Mimsy. If you hear heavy breathing, that is not me. That is that is Mimsy. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, before Scott, what do you, what, what 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 do you think? What do you think? Of, what do you think of Mimsy? You missed it. There was a great moment uh, when you walked in and then you walked out. I guess to get coffee uh-huh. or something. Mimsy jumped up on the door to try and see out through the peephole to uh, try and see out through the peephole because. She was missing. Oh, you know. she she she. When mm-hmm. I left, she yes. she was she, looking. She for had me. to know where you. Well, went. that's because I I ultimately you reared her. I reared her, and then uh, Scott has given her. Scott Morris has given her a great home at Church Health, and she's finally has Scott. Has she calmed down enough to go to Church Health now? Yeah, she goes with me uh, three or four days a week. Um, <laughs> when we leave here, I'm going back. Taking she her is the dog. most beautiful dog. She is just stunningly beautiful. So we're glad to have Mimsy here, and glad to have you here. As well, it's Giving Day over at Church Health, and that means, among other things, that every dollar you give to Church Health, go to churchhealth.org, will be matched by some generous donor. Before any of that, though, Scott, you were telling me a story, and I just, there are so many Church Health stories that I, I thought this might a little, that, that capture Church Health. There was a guy who's heading back to Mexico who made an appointment with you recently. Tell me about that appointment. What happened? Well, he's 70 years old. He's a uh, uh, Mexican. I've uh, been working in Memphis for 30 years. Uh, what does he do? He, he works construction. Um, and he you know, works multiple jobs. Uh, he's been, for all this time, sending uh, money back to his family in Mexico. But, you know, while, while here, you know, Doing he pays work. taxes. Right. Uh, you, know, no, you know, he does what we all do. I mean, when you buy food, there's money that's going to... Uh, you know, that those taxes are for everybody. Right. Anyway, um, 30 years ago, uh, he had developed a kidney problem that turned into uh, needing kidney dialysis, which essentially is unavailable if you are undocumented, if you're Latino, only, you know, you could call this a church health miracle, uh, which happens, seems like, every day. Um, we, we were able to find a way for him to... Uh, uh, received dialysis, uh, which he's done three times a week for the last um, 30 years. And there, there's so many people involved in making this happen for him. But the, he came for an appointment, not for anything other than just to thank me for what uh, the Memphis community and church health had done to, number one, keep him alive, but you know, then allow him to work. And uh, he's now 70, and he's going to go back home. Who does church health see? Like you're going to go back, you're going to leave here in just a little bit, and you're going to go see patients. Who does Church Health take care of? Yes, we take care of uh, our neighbors. We take care of the people who work to make our lives comfortable. They cook our food, take care of our children, wash our dishes, cut our grass. We'll one day dig your grave. Yet when they get sick, their options are very few. You know, people don't necessarily know uh, of your friends who come to Church Health. People don't talk about that. Um, But I'm willing to bet there's not one person listening who doesn't have somebody in their life who we are their doctor. How many folks do you provide care for? Like, what's the what's the population that you serve? Yeah, so the way I think of it, there are um, 80,000 people in Memphis who depend on church health. You know, it doesn't mean we see 80,000 every year because, right. you know, I mean, when's the last time uh, a lot of people right. have Don't been to the doctor? Year, Don't right. go all the time. But if you ask them, where do you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you church health. One of the things, the, the, the folks you describe, if they, if church health did not exist and there was, they had some emergency, they had some issue, 
they would presumably go to the emergency room. Is that right? I mean, it, it, and and they would be at, there'd be a thousand people at the emergency room. There'd be, isn't it? That's exactly what happens. I mean, that, you know, the emergency rooms are oftentimes filled with people who are uninsured, who don't know what else to do. Um, and they go for non-emergent problems. Um, and that's not necessarily good for anything. Right. Um, it's not good for the hospital systems. It's not, it's good, not for, good for people who have with, if, with if you're the heart attacks. If you the bank, it's not good for you either. Right. Um, so, yes, Church Health is there to try to unload uh, emergency rooms and issues like that, um, you know, to be a place where you can uh, reliably go for primary care, uh, not have to worry about if I, you know, hurt myself, um, you know, do I have anywhere to turn? We have an urgent care clinic or, or walk-in. The, the criteria to come to that is I'm sick today. I don't have health insurance. The cost is $40. It's the same no matter what your problem is. you got a cold. you got a broken bone. You're at death's doorstep. $40. Yeah, that's obviously a better deal the sicker you are. But for right. 40 bucks, it's a pretty good deal no matter what. Uh, talking to Scott Morris of Church Health, it is Giving Day, and, uh, and every dollar's matched on Giving Day? Is that the idea? It is, every dollar. That's fantastic. Um, People may know this story, but it's a worth retelling because, honestly, Memphis has got all kinds of challenges now, it feels like. Um, but challenges are part of what landed you here. You grew up in Atlanta. How did church health come to pass? Yeah, so I, I did grow up in Atlanta. Growing up, I was always interested in the church, but uh, the thought of preaching 52 sermons a year sent shivers down my spine. Still <laughs> does. I have no idea how anybody could do that. But as a teenager, I read the Bible. I came to realize that a third of the Bible has to do with healing the sick. Is that really true, by the way? A third of the Bible has to do with healing the sick? Yes, on virtually every page. I mean, you, you can't avoid it. I mean, that the, in fact, the, the uh, message of the New Testament is uh, not to believe in Jesus, but to follow Jesus. And uh, is it, That's true, too. Like, it's, it doesn't say in the New Testament, believe in me and you'll be saved. Uh, it not, says, it, it believes, follow me. Jesus is always saying, follow me. Right. And, and the following me is to do what Jesus does. So Jesus does three things. He preaches, he teaches, and he heals. Um, so if, I didn't know we are going to have a Bible lesson here, but I'm all <laughs> for this. I didn't know either. Yeah, yeah. so keep going. Uh -huh. um, you know, Luke Acts, written by the same person. Uh, the story of Luke uh, is 17 uh, healing stories that Jesus does. But I really think the purpose of this is Acts, which is to show you how you follow Jesus. And it tells the story of both Peter and Paul. Um, very different people. And in Acts, there are actually 19 recorded acts of healing that the disciples do, not Jesus. Um, and the point of this is to show you that if you want to follow Jesus, you have to be involved in the healing ministry. And if you're not, you're ignoring uh, one of the main uh, messages that the New Testament gives us. So you were, you observed this yeah, as so you read the Bible. I, I do this. And then uh, trying to figure out how in my own life I can connect faith and health. So I go to college, I go to seminary, I spend most of my time in seminary uh, trying to understand how these hospitals came to have church names on them. That right. there actually is a reason. Baptist, Methodist, Baptist, et cetera, Methodist, right, all St. that. St. Francis. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, it's all over the country like that. Um, and then one day, I'm in the chaplain's office at the Yale Medical School, and I look on his desk, and there's a little pamphlet that says, how to start a church-based health clinic. And I go, that's it. That's what I want to do. Um, written by a Lutheran minister in Chicago. And I, I go meet him, come to realize there's a lot of people who care about faith and health, not just me. So I finish seminary, medical school, do a residency to be a family doctor. I'm ready to start my own church-based health clinic. I want to stay in the South. I don't want to go back to Atlanta. And then, not making this up, I read somewhere that Memphis is the poorest major city in America. And based on that, I say I'm going to Memphis. Uh, that and that was, was what year? That was 1986 when I first came here. Um, and now you're in Crosstown yeah. and serving 80,000 people, yeah. and it is, a, it is a Memphis miracle. It's funny because at this moment in Memphis, it feels like we have all these challenges. And one of the things I say all the time is we all try to live lives. I mean, you want to pay your bills. You want to raise your—but we, in the end, you want your life to have some meaning, it seems to me. That, that that's a fundamental human need is to have your life have some meaning. And I really do think that people can look at the problems of Memphis as a reason to leave. But, 
but they are, in fact, the problems of Memphis are a reason to be here as much. I've, I've felt that all along, and I feel that now, and your story is and, that. And I feel that even more. I mean, I was 33 years old when I first came to Memphis, uh, you know, with an idea that uh, I was too young, too dumb to realize, had no <laughs> chance to succeed. Um, but I meet kids every day who are wanting to make that same difference in Memphis. You know, they, they are drawn to Memphis because it is a community where you can make a difference. Right. You know, I, I think people say this a lot, but it's true. You know, if you want to go make a difference in Atlanta or New York or L.A., right. good luck. Nobody's going to give a flip. Right. Um, but if you come to Memphis, you know, it truly is true that if you care about Memphis, Memphis will care about you. Right. And I don't think there are many cities that can say that. Um, some of the things that are surprising to me about church health that I've come to know more about it over the years. First of all, how many doctors volunteer? I mean, we, we have a mutual friend who saw me recently named Reed Baskin, who is one of the truly great, has been one of the great cancer doctors in the city for a long period of time. And he volunteers at church health. That, when everybody know that Jeff does not have cancer. Right, so. right. No, yes, I'm fine. But, but, uh, but, but he volunteers at church health and that is not I mean, it's, it's extraordinary that you can walk in as a day laborer and see Reed Baskin, but it's also not atypical at church health, right? No, really, the best doctors in Memphis volunteer for church health. We have almost 1,000 physicians who are willing to see our patients. Um, if They're mostly subspecialists. You know, I'm a family practitioner, right. sort of jack-of-all-trades, but if we need a cardiologist, an orthopedist, a cancer doctor, the, the best doctors in Memphis are willing to see our patients for free. They're not going to get paid a dime. You know, a lot of people just can't believe that. You know, they think doctors are money-grubbing whatever. Right. That's just not true. Right. There may be a few out there, but right. that is the exception, not the rule. So, and then hospitals work with you if you have whatever, if you have someone who needs a new hip. Uh, what's the... What's... I think the same thing is true for the hospitals. I mean, my God, if people understood... Number one, how complicated it is to run a hospital. But these hospitals are in the fabric of our community. I mean, so many patients come through their door for which they will never get paid a dime. And that doesn't change the quality of care they offer. Um, and it really is a reflection of how this community is so tight-knit. Um, but, the, you know, the healthcare world is extremely complicated and, uh, you know, Yes, it takes um, uh, an enormous amount of effort on our part to keep trying to figure out how we can hold all of this together. But right. for 35 years, we have. This is, by by the way, a tough moment, is it? I mean, there have been moments that you've been critical of various things about various hospitals over the years. This is a tough moment for hospitals legitimately? Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, people sometimes think the hospital's are saying that the sky is falling and it, it might not be, but th this is a extremely complicated time for hospitals. Um, you know, the pandemic created enormous stress on them. Um, but, you know, currently uh, the state of Tennessee is about to disenroll or in the process of disenrolling almost 400,000 people off the 10 care rolls. That's a big number, significant number of those people live in uh, Memphis. It's uh, it's a complicated uh, a reason as to why we're doing it. Um, but when those people get sick, they're they land gonna, in the ER, again. land in the ER, they'll land at the door of church health. Um, and they will fill up the emergency rooms, um, because they will have nowhere else to turn. And, and the hospitals are going to be struggling to figure out how to, to care for them as well as care for, for you, even if you have good health insurance. It's not the fault of the hospitals. It's the, the issue is we have a broken healthcare system. Um, not to, in addition to a Bible lesson, we may give a small p politics lesson here. What's the situation with the, the state uh, and, uh, and Medicaid? Right. So Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, um, was predicated on all 50 states expanding Medicaid. Now, this is hard to understand sometimes, but uh, people think that Medicaid is about being poor. It's actually not. In order to be on Medicaid, you must be blind, disabled, over 65, a child, or a single mother with small children. If I'm just um, poor and 31 and 
I'm I'm not on yeah. Medicaid. Now, if you are there, there are 50 states, I believe, right? right? Um, 40 of them have expanded their Medicaid roles. So if you're 31 and you're right. working in a low wage job, you would get in most states. In most states, Medicaid. In Tennessee, not going to happen. Now, here's the crazy part. Um, if our state legislature were to turn to Washington and say, hey, you're trying to give us $1.5 billion of our own tax money. Our own, Jeff, money you're paying that, taxes right now. Right. Everybody listening, paying taxes that is going to the federal government, and they are giving out that money to take care of poor people in you know, New York, Chicago, L.A. That, that money could come to us, $1.5 billion every year, if we just said, hey— Give us back our own money. That is literally all it would take. They could do it tomorrow. But the state legislature is unwilling for reasons that make no financial sense. It's because they still hate Obama so much. Because the name's on it. It's called Obamacare yeah. and whatever else. And so they turn down money that could be. But, but other, right. Right. there are 40 other states are taking the money. Right. 40. <laughs> um, all right. Talking to Scott. Uh, Morris from Church Health. It is Giving Day over at Church Health. We've actually, we've done this now a few other years, and it actually does happily inspire some people to give, doesn't it? It truly does, Jeff. I mean, uh, they're. What's it cost? Last, what's it? What's it cost to keep you all running? So our budget's twenty-seven million dollars. Oh my god! Um, but I mean, last year is amazing. You know, somebody listening on this show, you know, as soon as we finished, sent us fifteen thousand um, dollars. Do that, someone. If yeah. you're out there, send Scott fifteen thousand dollars or more. Make it, you know, a little more this year, or send him fifteen dollars. That yeah. would be great too. It, it That's is, part of it too, isn't it? Like you want people invested and participating. Look, the, the we want to spread um, our ability for people to care for each other as broad as we can. We we can't just depend on this is a Memphis issue here. You know, we can't just depend on a handful of wealthy donors to right. fund every worthy charity in Memphis. You know? It feels like that's true of sports teams and, you know, like the Memphis Tigers. And we've, we, I can name the people like, you know, Brad Martin and Alan Graff and Mike Rose and these people who have been stalwarts in supporting um, the university all these years. And people are looking for where's the next generation of donors coming from. That's true, I presume, beyond sports. Well, well I do believe that there will – rise up a, a new generation of uh, entrepreneurs in Memphis that we don't even know who they are yet. I see. Um, that's true in every city. Um, but charities need to have uh, people who are just average Joes right. wanting to support this. I mean, we, we all have an obligation, I believe, to uh, find a way to uh, be charitable. You know, it, it's in the, and a third of the a third of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. I learned that today. A third of the Bible has a healing. So you got to look into your heart and see what you're doing uh, on to, to address that third. Okay, two other questions. Then I'm then I will let you go because I know you got to get back. Um, one is tell folks about the dental. I, I, it had never occurred to me the significance of dental care, and yet you walk into Crosstown and you have this beautiful uh, dental department. Why does it matter? And what do you all do? So dentistry is an economic issue. Um, you can't go from a minimum wage job to a better job if your teeth are all messed up. It is not going to happen. You know, so I, I see this guy uh, a while ago now, but he has a dental problem. He goes to the dentist. He can't afford the dentist. So he took measures into his own hands, and he super glued his teeth oh together. So what he didn't understand is that super glue will eat away all the enamel in your mouth. So by the time I saw him, his mouth was a total disaster. You know, this is America. Right. When did it get to be that I'm working? I'm taking care of my family. You have dental pain. One of the worst pains you could have, and your only option is to super glue your mouth. We consider that to be immoral. So this is something I think we should take care deeply about, um, and we have. So we have built the largest freestanding dental clinic in America, and it's 100% focused on the working uninsured. You know, what, what happens uh, for poor people, oftentimes, is they go to the dentist and their teeth get pulled. But pulling teeth is a downward spiral. Right. You know, nothing good comes of that. They pull because everything else is too expensive. Like, I get a root canal, right? That's exactly right. You know? Yeah. So, so we do restorative dentistry, and we do full-mouth restorative dentistry. 
Um, now, people have to convince us that they're going to take care of their mouth. Right. You know, if, we'll pull all your teeth, too, if uh, right. I don't think you're going to actually take care right. of your mouth. But the end result is that it makes people's lives better. Um, they can end up getting a better job. And when they get a better job, that job might offer health insurance, and they won't need church health anymore. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely it's absolutely fantastic. Actually, um, the, the other thing where church health is going and where a lot of the, the, the funds that we will hopefully raise today um, will be for a new eye clinic. Um, you know, we're, if you're poor and you're having a heart attack, you go to the emergency room, you will get uh, a bypass operation. That's going to happen. Right. Um, if you're poor and you're going blind and you go to the emergency room, nothing's going to happen, you know, because right. that's not an emergency. Right. Um, so our new eye clinic will focus on the four leading causes of blindness among poor people. So those are diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration, glaucoma, and cataracts. Um, we're only going to be able to do this because the ophthalmologists in town are willing to Once again, step up, helping. you know, help us in a thousand ways. Um, but, you know, most of the money we're going to raise today uh, will help us to build this new eye clinic. It's Giving Day over at Church Health. Go to churchhealth.org 